Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. You're listening to a very special Best of the Outdoor Line. We've cobbled together some of our and hopefully your favorite segments from throughout the past year. We'll be back next week with regular live programming, but for right now, enjoy this Best of the Outdoor Line. Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on 710 ESPN Seattle and the 710 ESPN Seattle app. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Lowrance, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, and Ray Marine Electron. Welcome to to the Outdoor Line, 710 ESPN Seattle. That is Rob Ensley, Joey Pyburn, am I right? Matt Nelson behind the glass. I'm Tom Nelson, and uh, I have not been to this website in a while, and my mouth is just absolutely watering right now. TikTok baked feta salmon, steelhead hash and eggs, crab chili rellenos, standard fish and chips. Go to baitthenumber2plate.com. That's the website of our next guest, Chef Patrick Fagan. Morning. Morning, Patrick. Morning, How you Patrick. doing, buddy? Good. Good morning, guys. Long time no talk. No, yeah, it's too been long. a while. The recipe I didn't see on there, though, was crab biscuits and gravy. Oh. And thank you for making that for <laughs> us a few years ago. That that was a winner, buddy. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I had that from time to time for sure myself. <laughs> so this most recent recipe that just popped up yesterday, I was like, what is this? TikTok baked feta salmon? Like, what? He's on TikTok now? Uh, but, uh, man, I read through that. I'm like, oh, that, that we're making that in the Ensley household. Mm-hmm. Amazing recipe um, that you came up with. But is but that was like a fad on TikTok for a while or whatever? That was a viral yeah. recipe going around? Yeah, it was a viral recipe that popped up, and I realized it could it could be adapted for use for salmon mm-hmm. uh, pretty easily. And uh, and it, I was right. I was really, really pleased with the way that came out. It's, it's definitely worth a try. So run our listeners through that one because it looks delicious on your website there. Oh, it's it's really very simple. Uh, it's just you take a block of, of feta cheese, um, and you're, you're taking some cherry tomatoes, cut them in half. Uh, you can actually mix up the vegetables you want to put in there, add to it. But uh, basically all you're doing is you're, you're roasting tomatoes, you're roasting feta with a little herb oil over top of it. And uh, and what that does is that makes, uh, when it, they bake together, uh, the feta caramelizes a little bit, the tomatoes roast, which is wonderful. And this you know, combined with salmon, it's just it just it's it's salty, it's savory, and it's it's perfect. The, the fattiness of the salmon and the oil of salmon goes with it so well. It's it's a it's a no lose. It really is. That's amazing, dude. <laughs> I know. We're just, we're all just staring. We're all just Absolutely. staring at our computers. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just it, it it has been a while. But all right. So so how do we handle the fish that we take out of the freezer? Okay. So, you know, maybe we got some earlier in the summer, and maybe it was vacuum packed, and it, and it, and it popped, and you know, maybe it's starting to show. You know, just a little bit of freezer freezer burnt. How do you treat that differently if you're serving to folks compared to something that's just immaculate coming out of a vacuum pack? Yeah, well, the truth is, you know, many things that come out of the freezer, they need uh, sometimes a little bit of support flavor-wise. Sure. And the good thing about this time of year is that some of the, the seasonal vegetables and the holiday flavors go really, really well to, to, to support that. Uh, root vegetables, uh, chestnuts, like there's, there's canned chestnuts you buy. You can chop them up. You can dice them up with some root vegetables, say parsnips or turnips, and roast them uh, or saute them with just a little bit of water and some celery, and then... Bake off your salmon, and just right toward the end, if you add some, you 
pour that over top of your salmon, let that finish off in the oven for, say, five minutes. It's, it's a wonderful combination. It, it, helps, it does. It helps support that flavor that you have with the salmon coming out of the freezer. It's wonderful. Um, I, I love combining things when we're talking about uh, coming out of the freezer. I love doing uh, a combination of your Dungeness crab with salmon. Uh, simple things like slicing your, your salmon kind of thin and rolling, making your favorite crab cake mix recipe and rolling uh, that inside the salmon and baking that off. It's just wonderful. It's, it's, a, it's a nice, classy look for a, for a you know, holiday time, and it's just wonderful. Chef Patrick, so I'm looking at your website, and everybody loves fish and chips, but not everybody's great at cooking fish and chips. What are some tips for folks if they have some, you know, a lot of us have some lingcod or some halibut in the freezer. What are some tips for getting that perfect fish and chips? Okay, so one of the things you want to do is once you have your fish ready before you batter it or anything like that, make sure you pat it dry. Uh, that excess water will kind of se- will, will separate that from your coating, which you want to avoid. So you pat it dry, you season it a little bit, and then I, I prefer a, a batter-fried fish and chips. That's the recipe that's on my site. And what, one of the things I like to do is make sure, A, combine uh, a little bit of, of cornstarch in with your flour. Uh, that'll help help it crisp up a little bit and give it a really nice texture, even to a thin batter. And then once you sort of dust dust your fish with with your flour, you put it in the batter, let it sit in the batter for about 15 minutes in the fridge. Really? That's going to make yes, yeah. That's going to make a huge difference mm. in how well it fries up. And then if you're frying at home, um, it really really helps to have a thermometer. You know, you uh, when you're deep frying fish, you live at 350 degrees. Yeah. So you want to go with that temperature, and knowing that you know that you, you got the right temperature is really, really important. And also, like usually, you're doing it in batches, so yeah. you want to you fry some off. Uh, you make sure the oil comes back up to the temperature you want before you start again. Gotcha. And, you know. So I get. I, I have a panko recipe for deep fried fish that's absolute money. And I can run it through, run it through, run it through. And I've always struggled with a tempura. And I love a tempura. But I get that quick mindset with that, uh, you know, with the panko stuff because you can panko a whole bunch of it up at once. But let it sit in there for, in, in the batter, seriously, in the fridge for 10 or 15 minutes. And that's what will make that adhere to that fish. That's. That's the step I've been missing. Nelly just had yeah. his hand on his heart. Oh, like, I do. He's like, this is, listen, this, this is, is serious this is life, stuff. This is life changing, sweat man. on his forehead <laughs> there. Oh, it just got kind of weird there for a yeah, minute. It does. All right. So, so speaking, <laughs> speaking of weird, my family gets a little bit weird about crab, okay? So give me, give me a basic crab cake recipe. Give me a go-to or, or maybe direct, if there's one on your site, send it, you know, let, let me know what it is. But, you know, okay. I, I love crab, and I love, I'll crack it and love serving it to people, but I don't, I don't have a good crab cake recipe, so hook me up, brother. All right, so here's what you're going to do. You're going to take uh, some red bell pepper. Okay. That's how you're feeding four people. All right. That's a one red bell pepper, a half of a large onion, and you want to have about, uh, say, four cloves of garlic. You want to saute them in about two tablespoons of butter. So you okay. kind of get them cooked ahead of time. Um, um, pull that off in a, sep- in a bowl. Mix up some, some mayonnaise. Say you're going to want about three quarters of a cup and two egg yolks. Put them in there. Mix in your vegetables. Uh, I always go with fresh herbs. I love cilantro yes. for crab, especially yes. this time of year. Fresh tarragon. If you get <laughs> fresh tarragon, 
absolutely money. You want to go with that if you can. And uh, and then your seasoning. I'm I'm from the East Coast. I go with some Old Bay every time. Yeah. Uh, but definitely salt and pepper. Uh, and and then and basically you're mixing up. What you want to do is you want to mix up that sauce and get the flavor for that right, and then toss in your crab nice and gently. And uh, I go with. I, I like I, I really like using rice panko uh, as opposed to like the, the wheat panko you can get. I think it, it crisps up better. I think it absorbs better into the crab cakes. Um, and you mix a little bit of that into it. Get, again, you give it a little bit of time. You want to have the liquid in that, that sauce chance to, to, to combine and soak up with that breadcrumbs. And then you just portion them out, coat them with a little bit more of the same panko. And I can't stress this enough. Please pan fry them. You know, yeah. deep, deep fried crab cakes it does you no good. No, you, you know, in a little bit of butter, or I like doing a combination of butter and olive oil, and just don't rush it. Nice and slow, just kind of you know, bring them up golden brown, bring them to temperature, and it's it's simple from there. Does the butter keep the olive oil from from burning and and smoking? Does that help a little bit? Uh, yeah. Well, you, you don't want to go that hot anyway. And by the okay. way, don't use extra virgin. Use like pure olive oil. Extra virgin okay. is a little bit is too heavy for this. It, it's not mm-hmm. good for sautéing. I just but, happened uh, to. Yeah. I just happened to have a nice pile of crab at home, oh, and I think mm-hmm. it's going to get it's going to get turned into cakes. <laughs> yeah, dude. I just I just had our Thanksgiving, and I did uh, stuffed mushrooms with crab oh. for uh, same thing oh. out of the freezer, and it's basically the same recipe with slightly a little bit wow. less bread crumb. And just, yeah. And just, and baked, and just absolutely a wonderful addition to the table. Yeah, I should say so. That and uh, some crab biscuits and gravy for breakfast, and, mm. and some crab cakes for, <laughs> for lunch, sure. and some stuffed crab mushrooms for dinner, and we could just <laughs> eat crab, and, you know, pretty much every meal for a while here. Don't sleep on crab as as a garnish for soup. I love a, a winter squash soup, like an acorn squash soup or butternut squash soup, with some Dungeness crab put on top as you as you put it in the bowl. It's wonderful. They go great together. Yeah, almost like a crab bisque a little bit. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm. You, you got to email me that crab cake recipe, brother. Well, I, gotta, we'll I, I, I like have the it. rice panko, too. I we, too. we make a lot of salmon cakes, yeah. and we might be trying that with our salmon cakes. Oh. Yeah. Crisp them yeah. up a little bit. Okay. So. You, you've revolutionized my teriyaki and my uh, Get your hand off your chest now. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I, I thought I just, had a, I just had a cheese wad pumped through the freaking aorta right there just talking about <laughs> Grab that. Grab the AED <laughs> off the wall there, Joe, please. Let's get him. Let's hook yeah. him up. It's all right. Okay. Just stop on my <laughs> Give the brother a shot. Get him yeah, keep going here. Every every now and then, you got to move a chunk through. That's That's absolutely fine. All right, Chef Patrick, dude, we gotta we gotta have you on more often, man. You're you're a kick, and and I just mm-hmm. you know going back to bait the number two plate dot com is uh, has been a breath of fresh, man. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks, right. buddy. Have Thank yourself you. a great weekend and happy holidays, brother. Happy holidays to you. See All you, right, buddy. you're listening to the best of the outdoor line, Seattle Sports Station seven ten, and the Seattle Sports app. You're listening to the outdoor line, Seattle Sports Station seven ten. Here's a great interview from a while back that I think you'll really enjoy. Get in, sit down, hold on, and listen up. You're in the RenaissanceMarineGroup.com's wheelhouse, brought to you by Weldcraft, Duckworth, and Northwest Boats. Welcome to the wheelhouse here on 710 ESPN's Yacht Door Line. It's not an overstatement to say that this is every outdoorsman's nightmare, because I can't personally think of anything that strikes fear in the heart of virtually every man than, than, than a, a grizzly bear that is bearing down on you oh for sure yeah tyler are you with us there this morning tyler will sheets i'm here yeah morning, tyler morning, guys. thanks for joining us buddy you you had a very close call in september why don't you run our listeners through the whole program here i mean you were archery hunting elk back in montana and uh, the unthinkable happened 
Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if it can live up to the thrill of backing down a Duckworth down a ice ridge. <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's definitely, be close, it's it's definitely close. the equivalent of being yeah. attacked by a grizzly bear. But yeah. hey, let, yeah, let's... Uh, well, I was on the edge of my seat listening to that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So uh, I started during archery season, and I was mm-hmm. on uh, at least one, maybe a couple bulls in this area. So I, I had been hunting it pretty hard, uh, and like a lot of bulls, they bugle early and then they stop <laughs> so i thought well I'll, I'll start early this morning and i'll get up and <clears throat> work my way up the mountain in the dark and you know every 10 or 15 minutes on the way up i would call and then just kind of be quiet see if i could hear anything or locate a bull and um i was working up to the specific spot that i had on, uh, marked in my onyx maps which was mm-hmm. a, a flat uh where i had good good lanes to shoot because where i hunt is so thick that i mean a lot of times you can't you can't even walk through the brush because it's so thick there. So I'm making my way up and calling and waiting and calling and waiting. And uh, just before sunrise, I get to the spot where I want to be. And I lean up against this tree and I think, okay, I'll, I'll call and then wait. So I did. About 10 minutes goes by and I call again and I hear some rustling in the brush right in front of me. And I thought, oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. So I pull my arrow, start to knock this arrow, and I'm, I'm leaned against this tree on my left shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I peek around this tree, and I see a dang grizzly bear mm-hmm. uh, 15 yards right in front of me, uh, uh, about 15 yards to the left of me. So I'm thinking, oh, gosh, <laughs> you know what he's <laughs> supposed to do, right? Yeah. He's on top of me. I'm expecting uh, to see bull elk, and I see grizzly bear. So I do the uh, ultra heroic thing, and I take a step back and trip and fall flat on my back. Oh man! Wow. Yep. I, <clears throat> when I first got there, I knew, you know, I'm thinking to myself, "Hey, don't step backwards because there's this laydown right behind me." And mm-hmm. well, in, in the heat of the moment, when a bear comes out, you're like, you, you just don't think logically, you know. So when you took this step back, was the bear already coming? Was it already charging at that point? He was, and it yeah. wasn't like a sprint, but it definitely wasn't a walk either. Yeah. You know, yeah. he had his teeth showing, and mm-hmm. uh, it was like a growl that he was doing, not like a, uh, you know, not like the cartoons mm-hmm. where these bears come out and they're like raw. It wasn't like that. <laughs> <at all. laughs> but it was definitely <laughs> breakfast time. You you were on the menu, right. so he's coming at you. You're on the ground. Did you just throw your yeah. bow and and reach for the pistol, or what happened then, man? Well, so as I was falling down, mm-hmm. uh, I'm thinking in my mind, like, okay, I got to get rid of this bow, and it, it dropped anyway. And mm-hmm. I also had a diaphragm call that I was using, but I used a handheld call too because I, I like to differentiate between mm-hmm. two calls. It makes me think, you know, maybe they'll think there's a couple cows in the area. Mm-hmm. So I dropped that call also, and as I'm standing back up, uh, I go for my XDM 10 millimeter, mm-hmm. and so I pull it out. And obviously when I come up, I've got both arms out in front of me ready. I'm ready because I know this thing's coming. So uh, at, by the time I stand back up, the bear now is at 15 feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he, he is right in my face. And so I start to yell as loud as I can, no, no, bear, bear. Because I'm thinking, you know, this thing thinks I'm a cow elk and mm-hmm. it's ready to eat. But as soon as it recognizes I'm a human, this thing's going to peel off and I can go back to hunting. And you're yelling, and he's thinking backstraps and tenderloins at that yeah. point, and uh, he just keeps yeah. coming, right? Yeah, that's it. He comes, uh, it keeps coming, and then finally I get to the point where I'm like, 
okay, it's now or never, mm-hmm. which a lot of people I talk to are like, well, 15 feet is now or never. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I, I think I said 15 I, yards yeah. is now or never. Cool. The, the, right, the, that's the true. 20 foot rule. That's true. Isn't that, yeah. Jeez. Right. Yeah. Well, it got, you know, as close as I felt like, okay, I've got no option here. Mm-hmm. And so I shot, uh, and the good thing about the XDM, and this is why I'm mm-hmm. pro semi-automatic versus a revolver is that I've got 15 rounds mm-hmm. of 220 grain Buffalo bore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, he comes at me and boom, 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 I shoot three or four times and I, I hit him because he spun in a 360 and moved off to my right about five yards mm-hmm. uh, and then charges back at me again. Wow. Yeah. <sighs> so I shoot another three or four times that time. And that time I knew I hit him really well because he, that time he rolled on the ground. Mm-hmm. And so he rolled down to my right down the hill a little bit. And I'm thinking, okay, whew, that was, man, that was wild. And then he starts coming back up at me again. Wow. So for the third time, and at this point, I knew I hit him. I must have spined him because his back legs were not working at all. But he's still coming. So, he's but coming. He's, so now he's oh, just yeah. in full on, himself. full on Terminator mode now. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's got as much adrenaline as I had. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he's coming back up the hill, and I, I shoot another three, four rounds. And I knew I got him really, really good that time because he dropped and he kind of slid down the hill and then rolled. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I mean, I don't know how many times I've hit him to this point, but this thing is just taking ammo like it's his job. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so I'm getting the heck out of here. So I, uh, I had moved probably 10 feet down the hill from where I originally started. So I ran back up to my bow, grabbed it ejected the magazine and I'm thinking, man, I could be out of, I don't know how many times I shot, you know, I could be out of ammo here and, uh, ejected the magazine. saw I had at least two rounds in there. I thought, okay, well I'm safe enough on the way down. So I, uh, ran out and around the opposite direction from the bear and called the buddy and told him, Hey, this is what happened. And he's like, dude, no way. He's like, well, was it a black bear or a grizzly? I said, well, characteristics would say it's a grizzly. But it was just at sunrise, so I mean, it's, I guess it's kind of hard to say. Yeah, and he said, "Well, just stay put and let's go up there and check it out." You'll hear the rest of this interview after the break, right here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station, seven ten, Seattle Sports app. From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station. And now here's the conclusion of the interview right here on the best of the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports Act. What part of the state were you in, Tyler? Where where were you at? Northwest Montana. Yeah. Now, isn't that the largest concentration of bears in in Montana is up in that northwest corner? Man, I I can't say 100%, but I would say pretty positively, I I would say yes. I mean, they're everywhere so now after after the third volley what was your state of mind i mean were you were you shaken were you tramp what, what was going on with, did, you, with, did you happen to get a heart rate at yeah what, <laughs> what's going on man well the, the truth is the first phone call i made the guy who ultimately answered and said stay put let's go back up there he yeah. didn't answer so i called mm-hmm. the other guy who i accessed the public through his private land Mm-hmm. And I called him, and I forgot about this till hours later. I left him a voicemail because he didn't answer, mm-hmm. and it is sheer panic. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to need that. Yeah, we're going to need that. Just go ahead and forward that. That's going to be your new Tyler. ringtone. <laughs> that was a bear. That was a bear. I wouldn't share that with somebody. Yeah. <laughs> so now, definitely we, not my wife. She'd think much lesser of me. <laughs> <laughs> so Springfield XDM 10 millimeter. That's the, that's the the uh, the pistol I pack. 
um, with those 220 grain buffalo board. They're specially designed for grizzly bears. You know, a lot of these guys are packing nine mils and stuff, and, and they literally will bounce off the skull of a grizzly mm-hmm. bear. Well, look, he shot that thing I know. maybe five, I mean, ten times. Just so scary. Now, what's, what, what's what about, different about a buffalo board bullet? They're 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 made to not come apart. Oh god! And they're extremely okay. heavy. Okay, they're gotcha. they're they're a bonded bullet. Um, now talk about bear spray. Did you have bear spray too? Yeah. So that's a good point. The um, I do want to say the after you know there's a ton that we could talk about on this thing, but mm. uh, ultimately I got the game wardens involved and yeah. they came up and uh, his recommendation I think was fantastic. He told me that he's an avid bow hunter. He hunts the same areas I do. Um, he carries a pistol on one side mm-hmm. and bear spray on the other. And the reason being is at a distance, whatever this distance is, maybe bear spray would probably be your potential best bet. I mean, you're not going to start shooting a pistol at 40 or 50 yards, right? Mm-hmm. Well, some guys do, but you shouldn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, or the other thing is maybe when I tripped and fell in a panic scenario or situation, it could be that, uh, you know, I'm wearing a pack that goes over my holster. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe I couldn't get to the pistol, but I could get to the bear spray. It's kind of like gives you an option, a backup yeah. scenario in that yeah. situation. Exactly, and it's easier exactly to right. broadcast that spray, and you know they're going to get a whiff of it and probably take off. But regardless, um, you know you got a, a like an undergarment sponsor you picked up from this or anything, yes. or what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anything come? Anything come from this? Because this I is just like needed another pair. Yeah. Yeah, worst that, nightmare man. kind of a deal here. So, so Tyler, and we're and we're talking with 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 Tyler Wilsheets, who's is actually the executive pastor at at, uh, at venerationchurch.com in Kalispell and and when when the when WD or excuse me when when Montana Fish and Wildlife came up there they kind of do a forensic examination what was their final how close did this bear end up actually coming from you how, wh- how what was their response at the end of of their forensic investigation of this event Tyler Yeah that's a great question so there um the warden did a great job. <laughs> uh, he's pulling tape on everything. He's wanting to, to do his personal investigation because mm-hmm. at the bottom of the mountain, I told him this is what happened. Well, he wanted to see himself. What does the evidence say? You know, um, they're looking for a cache. You know, did this bear have a kill and it buried it and it's protecting that area? Or is this just a random, hey, I hear a elk call or I know there's a human and I'm going to go get him. And so they didn't find any of that. At the end of the day, the dirt. Uh, you could see call marks and blood and there, you know, the brass is just sprinkled all over the mm-hmm. side of this hill. And uh, he pulled tape from my boot prints in the dirt to first blood was four foot. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah. So it was, uh, you were right about the underwear. That's definitely, oh. that wow. came like, he asked me, or I, I asked him, I said, Hey, do you need these as additional? <laughs> 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 so, he got a really, really, really good kick out. Yeah, that's, uh, wow, yeah. that's a whole yeah. biological spectrum you got going on there, buddy. There's so you, no you got you got yeah. hunts planned for next fall. Are you bailing on the hunting thing altogether now? You're going to be back out in the woods, buddy. What's what's the plan? Oh, he's going to be back. In a couple the woods. days later, I was back out there. Yeah. But let me say yeah. this: I, I do want to say this. I mm-hmm. was the three previous times I went up there. The two previous times I, like every other guy, probably all the time, justifies I've got this pistol in my backpack. Yeah. There's no way I don't have enough time to drop the pack, open it up, grab the pistol, and go. And because you're thinking, well, these bears are more scared of me than I am of them, and they're they're not going to try to come at me. Man, guys, anybody listening who's been carrying your pistol in your pack, don't do it. I mean, I was that guy. 
You didn't. And as a matter of fact, sorry. You no, you didn't go out to kill a bear that day. You had no. to shoot and stop the threat, and that's the only reason you came back to your wonderful, beautiful family that evening. You're exactly right. And you know, the third previous time, I got halfway up the mountain and I realized, shoot, I forgot my pistol in my truck, and so I didn't even have it with me. And, you know, uh, the truth is my honest explanation is I believe that God was there with me because I mm-hmm. not only did I had I been carrying in my pack or forgotten it, I put it on my hip that day and I never, ever, ever chamber around. The mm-hmm. reason is I have kids at home, so I keep the magazine separate from the pistol. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so when I get in the field, I just jam the magazine in it and I go, OK, there's no way I won't have time to at least rack the slide. Now mm-hmm. we're talking about not forget pulling out the backpack. We're talking about just rack the slide. Right. And I, I you, I'd be hard to convince myself that I would have had enough time in sheer mm-hmm. chaos mm-hmm. to even rack the slide. But that day, when I got out of the truck, I started to walk with it in my pack, and I thought, I need to put this on today. I'm going up in the dark. Let's just be safe. Man, I'm going to go ahead and chamber one, too. There you go. Mm-hmm. And I just honestly believe that God ha- had something different. Yeah, brother, you're absolutely right. No doubt. It to be wow. my laugh. I mean, it's, it's the archery hunters that seem to have the most problems because you're calling. You know, you're yeah. like almost calling the you're bears in. Your presence, sure. your you're in thick sure. cover, and then they say you got you got two seconds, maybe three yeah. seconds, and that's it. So you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to slide that. You know, move that slide you're back. Probably and gonna, around. You're probably not gonna remember. No way. You know, you're just Mm-mm. you're gonna be in a panic situation and. And you're not going to remember to rack throw, that slide. Throw the pistol at that sucker and hope it hope it bounces off. Yeah, and sends like him the into guys with six rounds of a revolver. You know, after six rounds, yeah. what do you do? I know, I know. You, you, you're gonna uh, you have a broadhead or you have the back end of a pistol that you can try to whack this bear in the face with. Um, mm. Give me 15 rounds every yeah. day, buddy. Yep. <laughs> and anytime Pastor Tyler needs to wake up the congregation, he's going to pull out the bear story. <laughs> he's going to have everybody. At his... <laughs> Tyler, thank you very much for your time, buddy. God bless you. What a great story. Yeah, mm-hmm. And uh, keep in touch, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, buddy. Absolutely. Appreciate Thanks, your time, Tyler. man. You you. Have a great weekend. You're listening to the best of the outdoor line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the best of the Outdoor Line. Here's one of our favorite segments from the Outdoor Line archives. Well, really proud to have our next guest right here. Log on to trapshootingbros.com. He's Browning's master wing shooter, and he's right here. Foster Barthlow, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for taking the time out for us. Hey, Foster. How you doing, buddy? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, you know, it's it's opening day of pheasant season in eastern Washington. It's kind of our wild bird season on the east side. It's it's the big one for us. And uh, I thought it'd be great to reach out, out to you, a, a world champion trap shooter, and might as well be a world champion bird shooter as well, and just get some tips um, on taking one of these birds down, um, you know, shot placement, swing, um, patterning your shotgun, any kind of tips you can throw out there for folks. Um to get them dialed in on, on, on getting a, a limit of pheasants here this weekend in Washington? Yeah, I'd, I'd kind of say the first thing is know where your shotgun is shooting. Um, you know, if you have a chance to go out, pattern it with the exact brand of ammo that you're using. A lot of times, I mean, just like a rifle, um, ammo can be different, uh, you know, and, and shoot differently for rifles. And same thing goes with shotguns. So take out that Browning ammo, Winchester ammo, whatever you're using, and uh, go pattern it. Make sure your gun's on. So there's there's so many different models of shotgun. Um, does does a guy need a shotgun for pheasant hunting, 
and a shotgun for duck hunting and a shotgun for goose hunting. Yes, or is they there, do, yes. Joe. Yes. You do. So, yes. Yeah, you need a lot of guns, Joe. Because <laughs> that's what I told or, Kathy. Or is, or yes. is I mean, or, or the gun's versatile enough now that you can just get away with one gun for everything. If you ask 100 people, you're going to get 100 different answers. Uh, personally, I... I have different guns for turkey hunting. I have a different gun for waterfowl hunting um, and duff hunting. So I'm kind of in that boat that I have a few different guns I like to play around with. But definitely if if you want to shoot one gun for everything, um, you know, like an A5 or a Maxis would be well suited. Yeah, I I have the A5 and um, I've been using it. We have an early pheasant season here on the west side. And that was kind of my, the first time I got to use the gun, I, I received it last year, kind of at the end of the waterfowl season. And man, I love that thing. I'll, I'm going to use it for all my upland, all my duck hunting, my goose hunting. It's just like, you know, just perfect. When that Browning A5 Wicked Wings comes with the Invector Choke system from Browning there. And, and, and so, you know, that alone makes it very, very versatile. But if, if, I, if I had to guess, I bet that full choke tube doesn't come out of your, uh, your A5 very often, Foster. <laughs> it, um, you know, and, and that's the kind of the same thing we were just talking about, patterning your shotgun, knowing how far of a shot you're going to be taking. Um, you know, for pheasants, you got probably, I mean, 25, 30-yard shot. Uh, if they're, you know, really wild and get up, you know, it might be a 40-yard shot. But, um, yeah, improved modified is usually about where I stick at for hunting. Really? Um, gotcha. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but that's that's us out here. You know, if you have, like I said, I mean, Pheasants are getting up further. You might want that full choke in. Or when you got now, a how, Labrador that's all fired up and jumping birds at 60 yards. That's Nelly's know. dog. Oh, right that's there. Yeah. never quits running, you know. Um, so, Foster, your shot string, are you starting at the back of the bird and, and painting them? Or how are you getting your shot string to cross that bird? How do you, how do you approach that, buddy? Yeah, so, and that's a great question. Um, a lot of people honestly get very excited you know and, and i do the same thing too but go out you know and a pheasant rooster gets up in front of you and uh you tend to quickly shoot um that first shot and not quite get on the bird either you shoot behind them or or hit the back end um one thing that i always just try to do is tell people to you know remain calm uh focus on getting in front of that bird and so what we usually do what like my dad's always taught us is tail body head in front shoot and then obviously a good follow-through after that but if you can get in front of that bird you're never going to be behind them it's easy for you to say yeah um, just stay stay, calm calm. bird jumps in front of you and it's like "Ah!" unfortunately i once had an elk i once had an elk standing there and i led him and he was just standing there and that wasn't uh that wasn't a good and i didn't stay calm on that one either we're we're talking with master wing shooter foster barthlow foster i want to talk a little bit about the 2020 grand american it is the signature trap shooting event in the country has been ever since i can remember tell us a little bit about first what is the grand american and then uh, and then your success in this event foster yeah so the grand uh, is amateur trap shooting association ata uh but you know we have thousands of shooters that come worldwide for this event like you said it's it's a signature uh trap shooting event that's well-known uh, in, in the Americas. Um, did very well this year. Obviously, with COVID, it was down, but uh, it went good. I ended up second in the singles clay target championship, uh, which is a huge one for me. Um, 
ran the 200 out of 200 in the event and then got in the shootout. So that, that was very, uh, definitely an honor to win second place in that. And then, um, basically it's, it's two weeks long of shooting. So you have like the prelim week and then you have the finals week. Um, in the prelim week, they have what they call the super 500 doubles, which is all the doubles events put together. And they give you a, uh, Overall for that one, I ended up winning that with 498 out of 500 Jeez. doubles hits. <laughs> and, that, and those doubles? Yep. Wow. And then you That's, go out what, completely. What happened around. to those two? Speechless. Yeah, what about the two? <laughs> about the How two? can you miss two, Foster? What's going on there? <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, I, I did my best. Yeah. <laughs> now you know how it is to work with these guys, Foster. You know, you know, you know, you can never do any right. But Hey, Foster, you live back in South Dakota, man. Some of the best bird hunting on the planet back there. What's it like for an out-of-state hunter to come back there? Is there a certain corner of the state you know, you could you could point people towards or maybe interested in coming back there and shooting some birds back in South Dakota. Cause you just have tremendous pheasant hunting, uh, duck hunting, goose hunting. The bird hunting back there is just just fantastic. What can you tell our folks out here in Seattle about South Dakota, buddy? Yeah, there's a lot of great places to go. Um, you know, it's basically the what we call East River, uh, the eastern part of the side of the state, and from Pier Chamberlain over east. Um, you have a ton of pheasants upland that you can get on, and it's it's a ton of fun. A lot of people come out every single year uh, just for that experience because it is truly, like you said, some of the best upland pheasant hunting in the world. Foster, I'm not one of the things. Any secret no, oh, you don't <laughs> we, need to. We, you know, we were, we were no, looking at fine. GPS coordinates, but one of the things. I'm looking at a picture of your governor right now. Actually, I'm trying to pull her up. But uh, anyway, go ahead, Nelly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I am. Look, no, I when are you going to have a, a Christy gnome calendar? No, I know. Anyway, I mean, a, we need one. She's a yeah. hunting. Killed a deer a couple of years ago. I mean, there we go. You know, let's get this calendar going, buddy. Best looking governor in the country. There's no question about it. So, so Foster, again, you see how I got to see what I got to work with with these guys but so so foster one of the things we've seen going on in in the in the country you know particularly during these times is 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 a return to our traditional outdoor pursuits and so we've got a lot of guys for the first time thinking hey you know i want to go out and 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 go duck hunting or deer hunting or everything so if if somebody's new to wing shooting in particular how would you start somebody off in the wonderful sport that is that is wing shooting duck hunting pheasant hunting what have you yeah, I mean, obviously getting the right equipment right away, um, you know, and it, it kind of depends on what they want to invest to get into it. Uh, we were told by a few friends, uh, you know, buy once, cry once, um, that kind of philosophy where get the best equipment right away because it's never going to fail you or hopefully won't fail you. Um, but, yeah, if, if someone's getting into upland hunting, I would say, you know, get the right shells, Um you know, and obviously there's different rules, regulations on um, using lead versus steel if you're hunting public or private, but getting the right shotguns, an A5, Maxis, or your preference. And, um, yeah, and then going from there, learning different things with upland hunting, you know, it, it kind of just depends on where people are at, but finding cover, uh, you know, obviously these pheasants need water, they need food, so finding good uh, locations for that. Um, finding good good cover where, you know, midday, if it's cold out like today, for us it's 32 degrees and snowing. So they're going to be kind of bunk, hunkered down and in some of the thicker uh, 
thicker crops or, you know, thicker places where most people don't want to go. So, so uh, kind of well, learning some of that stuff. It, it, I just I just popped on trapshootingbros.com, which, which is your excellent website. And, and you have you have a tab oh, here un, under coaching. OK, so so if somebody wants to get, you know, a championship level instruction experience, how do they go about it? How do they go about it? Yeah. Sure? So, um, yep. If they if they want to fill out the form there. And that'll come to me. Uh, feel free. I will respond to it right away. Uh, we'll try to figure out uh, when the next course is going to be. Obviously, it's kind of with, with the COVID um, up and down, it's been a little bit tougher knowing exactly when our, our courses are going to be. But if, if anything, we can definitely get on the phone. Um, glad to help out. So it's, it's, uh, it's been fun. With The courses have been great. We've had a lot of people very happy with them, uh, learning a ton of things just on, you know, from trap shooting to wing shooting, uh, learning some of the techniques, fundamentals, uh, you know, and, and that's eye placement, um, you know, bringing the shotgun up correctly, what your footwork is like. So there's a lot of things that we go over in these courses. That's the help I need right there, is getting <laughs> yeah. the shotgun up correctly to my shoulder. A lot of times I seat it too low. And then I'm I'm looking yep. at the top of the barrel. I'm looking at the top of the rib instead of right down the rib. And I do it all the time. I, I'll do it the first couple shots, and I'll readjust. <laughs> well, but and, but it's a problem for me, and I never get it seated properly. You and, know. And look, you know, a lot of us who do a lot of hunting, I'm sure, could always use a refresher course from a guy like Foster. Go mm-hmm. in and make sure you're doing everything correctly, because you know I know when I'm when I miss a shot. There's a reason, you know, I'm yeah. doing, I've done something wrong, you know, whether it's, I, like you said, Foster, taking the shot before you're on the bird, you know, a lot of times, especially with pheasant or quail or something, it's like bird gets up, you try to shoot so fast. And if you would just take your time mm-hmm. and like you said, mm-hmm. relax. So yeah, that's, I, I'd yep. love to get, uh, go through my fundamentals oh. and just make sure everything is, you know, tight. We do it with our, everything we do, our bows, our rifles, and then we grab our shotguns and we just, yeah, go, just go and just start yeah, shooting. All, exactly. You know. Yeah, no question. And Foster. There's, a, there's a great camera out there, too. If you look at uh, oh, yeah. shot cam, mm-hmm. um, I started using that product, and it is phenomenal. I'm not even going to lie. I've learned so much on my own swing, uh, you know, and some things that I was doing wrong and ways to improve. Not only do you get really cool footage of your hunt, but you can use that as a learning tool as well. I don't know if I want to have a bunch of video of me missing stuff. Yeah. I just sit down and watch. It'd be, it'd be well, those things are pretty affordable too. What are those cameras? Are what a hundred bucks or something? Or what? They're priced pretty good. You know these ones. Yeah, these ones are a little bit more expensive than that. I think yeah. they run six fifty ish. Don't quote me, but um, but in what I look at it is in the long term investment. Uh, you know, I, I learned a lot. And it saves me every every single yeah. time I go out. So do they? Yeah. They actually you give you your sight your sight picture. They do, they do yeah. of a of a shotgun. Not they do. A, you can. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yeah, yeah I, I want to. You see. can change the different turrets or uh, uh, crosshairs on it, or if you don't want any crosshairs, and then it's Wi-Fi, so it connects to your phone, so you can download everything right away. It's oh, super so you can, helpful. You you can hate yourself right away. That's awesome. That's really good news. Yeah, the speed of electronics right there. He's Foster Barthlow. Go check out trapshootingbros.com, Browning's master wing shooter. 
Foster, thank you very much. Don't be surprised if we call on you again in the near future. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to the best of the outdoor line on Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. If you missed any of the show, jump on MyNorthwest.com, download that Apple podcast app, or hit TheOutdoorLine.com. We'll see you next week right here on The Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app.